Three Stone Mo is back, baby. You like that? <laughs> because it's just you and I. It is ScoMo back again. Yeah, just me, Scotty, uh, Pastor Simo. He's across the table over uh, there. The original ScoMo. Um, our two names together make ScoMo. Not the Prime Minister of Australia. The who? who the yeah. Prime Minister of where? He tries to go by the name ScoMo. That's not his name. Because his name's Scott Morrison. Prime Minister Scott Morrison. It's got oh. nothing to do with ScoMo. Nah, nothing at all. Uh, welcome to... Hey, are you trying to grow your ScoMo? Three moustache. <laughs> yeah. No, this is just what happens after four days. Although, That's four days. What's yours? Yours is yours. You've got a bit of growth Seven going months. on. Seven months. <laughs> <laughs> actually, in a second, we've got to talk about your haircut because that's important. Um, this is uh, part of the Simo Hoffman podcast. This is three deep. Usually three of us blokes sitting around talking about life and faith as married men. Tonight, though, just two of us. Nick's away on holidays, but we'll deal what with that. Hell? We'll deal with that. Talk about lack of commitment. That guy has more holidays. You know what the part of the issue is? He's clearly a government fat cat. Oh, 100% he's a government fat cat. He would not be taking leave right now. No way. Um, last time we spoke about your hair, you were growing it disgustingly long like you mm. thought you were Samson from the Bible. He's mm. gone. It's gone. You're looking fashionable. That is my strength. It's all gone. <laughs> What happened? The Philistines. That's what happened. Delilah, she got to me. What was your original intent? A year? A year, yeah. But like, in fairness, the top of my hair did grow for a year. It just got to the point where it was so annoying and uncomfortable and itchy and so much maintenance. I've it heard, was just not worth it. I've heard a rumour that you wore a top knot recently and Nick, as in the Nick from this show, was so annoyed by it, he pulled it out. I was actually really angry at him. I think yeah. he's got a bad attitude that day. Yeah, he pulled it out yeah. and and was like, it was the only way that I could have my hair neat. And it was like he he it was as though he thought he was my dad for a moment. Mm. I said, Dad, give back my hair tie. Yeah, has that ever been said to you before? Dad, give back my hair tie. Yeah, many times. <laughs> what were you doing with the hair? Tying up my top knot. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> can you do your daughter's hair? Yeah, I can, but uh, they've obviously had to learn how to do it far better than what I could. I'm a simple ponytail. That's kind of how bun kind of guy. Because you've got four daughters ranging in age from like nine to sixteen. Yeah, well done. So I'm assuming at some point the one that is now sixteen very quickly learned how to do her sister's hair, so the dad didn't ever need to step in on that again. Most definitely did, and also she had this obsession with braiding for a while. In fact, she started a little braiding business, That's right? Which I really backed her on. Like I put in some investment into it, all this sort of stuff, and it uh, fizzled out. As in, her passion fizzled out, or oh, it turns out that braids just weren't the industry that we thought. No they were. way, braids are a massive industry. You can make mm. some serious coin. In fact, you can make more on braids than what I earn an hour. Yeah, wow. She was getting, so starting, like, because she was fairly young and new at it, but she was still charging, like, $40 an hour. Jeez. How That's do I do braids? 100%. <laughs> but it's even more than that. Like, so she would do, it would take some of the braids that she would do would be six, eight hours. Oh. People were paying three, four hundred bucks for... I think she had to stand there for six hours yeah. doing it. And she's getting paid three or four hundred oh, bucks I can for understand why it fizzled out, though. I think that's what it was. She was like, "I'm. Um, this is really hard work. Yeah, I'm over it." So instead, now she works at uh, Red Rooster, uh, at least two percent of the population's favourite restaurant. At least, <laughs> at least two percent. Have you ever been to Red Rooster for a proper like meal? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Red Rooster fan. Are you really? Yes, you're the one. Yes, I'm <laughs> the, but see, this is see, like I I'm a very whole like full holistic customer. So like. For me, the food is just one part. Like, the service is so important. Right, 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 This is a big thing because I used to work at Macca's, so I understand how much they care about service. I'm actually not surprised that you worked at Macca's. Have we had this conversation before? Probably. Because I was a HJ's boy. Yeah, right. So, well, see, this is the thing. So, So even though from the outside we're competitors, we'd look at each other with a knowing look in our eye going and, and be able to, like, Tip our competitive hats at each other. Going, I know. I know how to flip a burger. Do you? Yeah. 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 We we know each other's industry Maybe standards. That's why we're so used to wearing the old headphones is because it's like we're in drive through oh, all over again. I hated drive through. I loved it. I Did loved you? You liked drive through? Loved it. Really. Sick. My point is, Kim. Yeah. Giant HJ's fan. Good. Um. God lover. I was. I am. Yeah. 
I am the McDonald's fan and every time no, we go no, to HJ's, no, no, no. it's proved to me over and over again. Like the last time Kim and I went to HJ's together, the woman serving at the counter was one bad mood point away from being like, how dare you come in here ordering food from us? I had a manager like that. <laughs> no word of a lie. This tiny short lady that she was. And, and I remember one customer came back and returned their chips saying they were cold. She shoved her hand in their chips and said, they're not cold, they're fine. And pushed them back towards the customer. I wonder she, how she, many. She chased, she chased another customer out. <laughs> she chased another customer out with a broom one time. We're like, how has she got a job still? How is she still a manager? It's because she had owned two stores. Yes. It's that's the owner. Why. That's how they get Owners. it. Owners. That's how you get it. That's, that's how Do they get it. Do whatever you like when you're the owner. But where the hell is Nick? Where is Nick? Should we call him? Wait, before we call him, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's work out. We've got to work out a stitch up because I don't feel like it's a full episode unless we've, oh, we've stitched him up. We stitch on Nick. So there's a couple of ways we could go about this. Does okay. he know? Does he know we're recording right now? No, we didn't tell him. We did it. We remember we decided like a day okay, ago. We're do this. Okay, just to put this in context, we we chatted and said, should we do it? Yeah. And I think your exact words were, if I recall, in fact, why don't you tell me what you? Why don't you tell our three listeners what you, what you told me on the phone? Do you remember what you said about... No, what did I li- say? You spoke about listening back to the episodes. <laughs> I'm not repeating <laughs> what I it. said to you say on the it. phone. I think no. Your exact I words think, were, I listened I back think, to all the episodes and Nick really doesn't contribute that much. No, I, I didn't think say we'll contribute. I think we'll be fine without him. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I wish I was recording just so I heard you say I it. I think the point I was making is that Nick does... Add a lot to the show as the third Doesn't voice. The show needs a third we, voice. We need it. We need his sensibility. But if you took all the words that I say and all the words that you say and all the words that Nick says and put them in a bar graph, yeah. I think our bars would be a lot taller than oh, his. Oh, for sure. Like a lot taller. We are definitely carrying this show. I didn't say that. Yeah. You want to like, stitch him up. Like though. it's two and a half deep, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you want to stitch him up. Yeah, I just got to work out how we do this. What about so? I, like, I was thinking we could we could just play a game with him somehow. But then I was thinking before, what about if we call him up? Do you want to call him from your phone? Can yeah. we connect your phone to our? Yeah, our yeah, thing here? yeah. I can do that. So it'll come up with my you, caller you ID. Connect, you connect your phone, so then it won't be like it's ten o'clock at night when we're recording. By the way, he could be asleep. I think he's camping, so he probably will wake up the whole campsite. Brilliant. And so what why about, why about, am I calling him? You call him and you find a reason to complain about me because he won't know that I'm there and then you just start stitching him up. And then <laughs> what about the moment that he complains about you, you jump in? And so, yeah, 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 yeah. The moment yeah. he makes a negative comment about you, I'll you jump, jump in. I reckon he's going to pick it up. I reckon he'll be able to tell this is a stitch up. You reckon? Yeah, let's try. Let's give it a go. Let's, um, let's see if he picks up. I'm nervous. I hate pranks. Hey. Oh, did did I just wake the whole campsite up? Probably. No. Did I wake you or your wife up? No. Oh, okay, good. No, no. I figured while you were camping I could call. Um, Flippin' Simeon. <laughs> Which bit? You, uh, you're going to be frustrated. Guess what he just texted me. Oh dear, what? I feel like you get it. Just guess. Guess what he texted. Um, is it about the trip next week? Yep. Or social media? No, yeah, you can't do it. What? <laughs> has he talked? What he makes needs to be back? Yeah, he what? needs to be back for Sunday morning. Did you expect the Sunday morning thing? Uh. I thought about it yesterday and I thought he'd pull that. And I thought, well, that sort of defeats the point of eight weeks of planning. Eight weeks of planning? You muppet, you have not done eight weeks of planning. You haven't planned anything for eight weeks in your life. Last time you tried to plan (laughs) something for eight weeks, it was your time you climbed Mount Everest, which you trained for a week before. Look, I feel like the brotherhood trust has been broken, but I think... (laughs) 
the fact that we couldn't go an episode of Three Deep without you we in it. We needed you, bro. We needed you to make us Three Deep. Yeah. Are you recording? Yeah. Are you recording? You should have waited for like three days and we would have done a double one. No, we needed to get going, mate. We don't. We're not all government fat cats that can just delay <laughs> projects by three days whenever there's wet weather. Speaking of which, uh, how is your wet weather camp going? It's so good. We've not had any uh, robust discussions about where to sleep because of the weather. We slept in the car last night, <laughs> and I was determined to sleep in the tent tonight. And even though it is uh, the rain's coming and going, and the entire of the tent is like. Uh, dripping, so that's have, fine. It's are fine. you still? Do it's you fine. still have rain? It hasn't stopped for two flipping oh. days. How good? How good is that? You feeling good? Uh, no, doing well. Doing well. Went for a great movie today, The Courier. You would both <laughs> enjoy it because um, it wasn't raining in the cinemas. <laughs> um, but we've skipped over an important point. I just wanted to go back. So, Simeon, you're planning on enjoying a leisurely Sunday with the boys next week, aren't you? You're not oh, rushing back quickly. We'll see. I reckon I, I 100% reckon we've called to stitch you up and you've uncovered <laughs> that Simeon hasn't planned something. That's right. Oh, I could have said anything. That was a really dangerous. It was a good opportunity. Luckily, it was a good opportunity. Luckily, I'm upstanding. <laughs> luckily, I'm upstanding and polite at all times, and love you like a brother, and would always uh, speak politely about you at all times, Simeon. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it, man. Except that you were um, you were you were going on about the the eight weeks of planning that we put into this boys' weekend away. It is it's be- not the planning for what we're doing. It's the fact we booked it like eight weeks ago. It and I was like, well, you've got eight weeks to like make sure you're free for the weekend. I also feel like that um, eight week of planning down the drain could have come back to me. Like, I feel like if anyone was going to drop out, it was going to be me. I did think, have you taken you the days the off? First box. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I have. I have taken them off. Yeah. <laughs> now it's up to whether I decide I want to come or not or stay at home. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't be the first Bucks party you drop out of, would it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need to get back to this show. Nick, I hope you know we'd never actually allow you to say something uh, that you and regret. listen, probably like not that you have ever listened back to one of these episodes, but this is definitely not the episode you want. If you're going to listen back, just skip the first 10 minutes of the episode. <laughs> you don't need to listen to anything <laughs> that's happened before this phone call. Is all I'm saying. No worries. But it's going to be I'll much nicer after this. Well, okay. I appreciate that. Have fun. Here's the proof. Uh, when Simeon went away, we couldn't do a show without him. When Nick went away, we couldn't do a show without him. If I went away, you guys wouldn't do it. No, <laughs> that's true. You wouldn't we do it without me. We wouldn't know how to push all the buttons. <laughs> and that's what I've done. I've <laughs> made myself <laughs> indispensable in the show. <laughs> Have a good holiday, Nick. But bye. See you on the weekend, mate. Bye. Oh, jeez. Oh, I think he's angry. He's angry. Not at... <laughs> hopefully not at me. Easter, good time. Had a good time over Easter. Yeah, I did. I mean, crazy. It's number one camping time and then all that yeah, weather came in. I wouldn't go camping at this time of year. Don't you usually go camping at this time of year? Absolutely. Not anymore, though. <laughs> Pulled out because of the rain? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not... Cry- like, camping in the rain is the most miserable thing. I don't care what anyone says. Do your kids like camping in the rain? No, not at all. Once it started to rain and we saw the weather forward predictions, we were like, yeah, let's not. Let's just, let's just not bother with it. So... We'll probably camp in September or something like that. I don't mind a good camp. Are you? A, you're not a camper, are no, you? No, but I want to be one. Really? Yeah, I wish I was one, but I know I would never enjoy it. So camping's off the menu for me in that way. <laughs> but I love, I love the idea of like going over to Fraser Island, having yeah, a little beautiful. camp. But then when I think about the mess, when I think about the sand everywhere, yuck. Yeah. No, the mess in the, that's not so much the trouble. It's more the packing up. Like afterwards, you literally have to set up to live somewhere for a week only to pack it up again. You you, you put so much time and energy and effort into it. In fact, we were going to go camping the start of last year, 2019. Mm. And by the time we worked out the amount of extra gear that we wanted to buy and then all of this other stuff that we we're going to do, we were like, wait a minute, all this time and energy and setting up 
is going to cost us the same as what it would to stay a week in a resort in and this is, So this was me. I was a grew up going to apartments, um, not hotels, apartments sure, sure. up at Caloundra. And Airbnb has made that so much easier. So much easier. Yeah. Like and more affordable as yeah. well. So How? now a week, a week there. It, but my, you know, my wife's argument is like, yeah, but like you'll always have that camping gear. Yeah, but you always have to upgrade the camping gear, 100%. clean it, do this, um, do that. How often do you get away as a family? Oh, I try and do at least once a year. Yeah. Um, but we, we, we would aim for two, but happy with once a year at least of getting away. This year I actually did a bit of planning, and I'll, I'll tell you why. It's going to open up what I wanted to talk about with you tonight as well. Um, so I wanted to make sure I was protecting my mental health this year. So actually that's one of the reasons we're doing like a boys' trip. Yeah, And I made sure that I said to my wife, I said, you need to plan like a girl's trip too. So sort of have some time for yourself around some of your girlfriends and just chill, relax, do your own thing for a weekend. Um, but the idea is that we I plan to do two family holidays, one boys weekend, one girls weekend, uh, What like for, for Lisa this year, just to try and actually give myself some space to make sure I'm protecting that. Because 2020... Went by so quickly, and I think probably by the end of the year it was starting to wear down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within my own self, just my own um, health space and all that. Because it was interesting because we were talking a little bit about mental health and stuff tonight. Nick, who is for whatever reason not joining us tonight, so weird. You'd be away on a Wednesday night. Like, come on, mate. We got a deal. Got an arrangement. Midweek, anyway. Nick sent us a. uh, a podcast, or was it you that sent it? No, it was Nick. Yeah, Nick sent it in our in our friendly group chat about um, somebody who was doing a podcast. I was talking about anxiety. Mm. Anyway, I had a weird experience on one of the other one of the days this week. I think it was Tuesday. I was driving out to the church to do a bit of cleaning out at the church and packing up after Easter weekend. We had a bit of production stuff out there that I needed to clean and pack up and get get back to original user owners. Anyway, as I was driving out, I was getting like a reflux feeling in my stomach. Okay, like a heartburn. Yeah, but like genuine reflux all the way up to my throat sort of thing. Like, Man, what have I been eating that's causing this acidity <laughs> reflux? Yes. But then I was like having trouble breathing as well. Anyway, I'm like, fire out, what's going on? Anyway, um, get through the cleaning, do all this, come back and have to uh, record it at the Lunch Out Loud podcast, which should be up there now as well. Um, then I go and and have lunch and... and the reflux starts again and the breathing difficulty and I'm because I'm going back out to the church to do more cleaning and more work out there. Well, as I, I go out there, I, because somebody's like, oh, it sounds like you're having an anxiety attack. I'm like, mate, it's not an anxiety attack. I'm not feeling anxious in any way, shape or form. Mm. But then it did start to get me worried going, far out, what if it is an anxiety attack? So I did what all responsible people do, which is obviously called Dr. Google and, yeah. and said here's my symptoms, what's wrong with me? I brought up some like other medical conditions. Heartburny type things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was essentially, it's, um, I have asthma and it was brought on in adulthood, my asthma. Really? Yeah. Yep. Man, so, I thought I'd avoided asthma. Yeah, it can come into your adulthood. <sighs> but there's this thing called GERD. It's like a, my, as soon as I said it, my wife who had studied nursing, she's like, oh, I know what GERD is. She went on and told me what it was and, and it's very common you're twice as likely to get GERD if you have um, asthma as an adult. Essentially, if you have too much tomatoey foods, it gives you like a b- acid burning reflux, which also has breathing difficulties associated with it. Mm. So it's nothing to worry about. You just got to watch your diet. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, okay, so it's not a big deal. But it did make me think about anxiety. And then we, we've had a conversation around mental health. It's so flipping prevalent. And I know that you were asking before about the spiritual connotations that go along with it. I think – so the story that I was telling is that um, there, the, the earliest stages of this week, just for two nights, there was clearly someone in our neighbourhood who is suffering schizophrenia, who's yeah, yeah. yelling things out late at night and you can hear them talking to themselves and making noise and then getting very loud. And I just – I lay there in bed and prayed for peace for him and um, – just was thinking it would be very easy to see the link between the mental illness that that man is suffering and there being some kind of spiritual attack, that there is something attacking him and taking away the best of him. Wow, yeah. In that moment. Um, 
What and do you think? Do you think there is spiritual links? And, and, and hear this right. Please understand that that Scott and I in this moment, yeah. and want to precursor this by saying we are not trying to make ourselves as experts in this field. We are two guys who are missing one of our you know magical trio, but we're two guys who are Christian blokes who are actually um, just trying to work this out. Um, I'm engaged in this space a fair amount uh, as a as yeah. a pastor, um, but also at a personal interest and personal history within my own family. So. I am interested, and please don't feel like you have to be. I think sometimes we can, when we're questioning, we can sometimes try and not offend. I think I think there's a real all or nothing. I think uh, this is probably something that I've really believed in my faith, but probably haven't chased down the rabbit hole. Yeah. But I believe there's a real all or nothing when it comes to anything that is uh, hurting us as humans. Okay. And so from that end, I believe that there is a spiritual element to a physical ailment in your body okay, good. right through yep. to um, a mental illness side. Sure. So there is no part of me, and please hear me really clearly when I say this, there is no part of me that believes if you're suffering a mental illness that... you just got to pray the demons away. And using that as a way to not seek treatment is an excuse. Even if you think it's you being super holy and super faithful, Mm -hmm. it is an excuse. Mm. Because the other side to it, I got a great opportunity to share about this in my workplace really recently. The other side that I believe is, um, so we were talking about, let me just go on off off on a tangent here. Um, We wanted to use the headline on Thursday when Queensland's lockdown lifted early. It's an Easter miracle. Mm. And someone in our newsroom said, that's the same as like, when someone's on their deathbed and a doctor heals them, calling that a miracle. Well, no, that was a doctor. But I really genuinely believe that for us to be at the place that we're at with medical science, that that is a gift and a blessing from Mm, God. mm. And if the call, the vocational call on someone's life is to heal or ease or deal with mental illness – that is as much an answer to prayer than the belief that you'll wake up one day suddenly healed. Mm. So that's my position on mental illness treatment. <coughs> yeah, sure. Um, I've been very lucky. It's not something I've deeply experienced. Mm. But I do – I remember um, – so there's there's things that hang over my life from past hurts and past times I've been let down where – um, you know, sometimes you'll text me. The other day you texted me and said, hey, bro, I want to chat to you about the podcast. Mm. So straightforward what you wanted to chat to me mm. about. And I feel a moment of anxiety there. Mm. What's Simo going to bring up? What's happening? Yeah, what have yeah. I done wrong? Yeah. And I'll sit on that anxiety. And I can't help but feel like that is something trying to take away the best so of it, me. So you're wondering whether that has spiritual links as well. well you, it's funny because you and I were just talking. We had a dinner. I, I had the opportunity of um, having dinner with you and your lovely wife before we started because at least she was faithful and showed up to the recording of the podcast. Yeah. Well. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as we were we were having dinner, I was talking to you about, and, and I am in the, in the process of actually getting, getting this going really, uh, about... Um, you know, writing a book or doing some teaching around this this idea of which we've spoken about called the four realms of human existence. Mm. Um, that's a uh, idea that I've been sitting on for some time. That I'm in the process of of writing some stuff around mm. about how we we do have a spirit, we do have a mind. There's there's a whole lot of other stuff around. I'm not going to get caught into it now. But mental health how can can affect you in lots of different ways. Just like it can affect your physical person when somebody's having anxiety, for instance. You can, you can see somebody who's having an anxiety attack because it affects their breathing. It can affect their heart rate. It can affect their, their perspiration. It can affect their movement. There's a whole mm. range of physiological effects that's happening from a psychological con- condition. Mm. Just like that psychological condition can affect your physiology, it can also affect your spiritual health as well. Mm. And, so my, and your emotions, your heart. So I actually do think that there are spiritual links to a lot of mental health, if not all mental health. And if you just try and treat a person from a mental perspective, from just from a pure psychology perspective, and, and 
I, I had the opportunity to actually sort of work in this industry a bit as well. It's one of the, the businesses that I'm involved in. Yes, I, I run a church, but I also am involved in a, in a, in a health-related business. Mm. And it is a very widely accepted part of our health practice for holistic health to cover both – oh, sorry, not both, but the full gamut of what we are discovering in human is. Yeah, right. And that spirituality is a part of that. So it's for me, I think – the, the reality is as Christians, when we see mental health, to try and pin it down to one area of a human and go, if we just treat that, that person's going to be fine. Rather than actually going, no, 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 we need to treat everything. Mm. But sometimes, sometimes we actually need to treat the physiological issues that are going on before we can even treat the mental health issues mm. that are going on. Yeah. And sometimes we need to deal with the spiritual issues after we deal with the physiological issues. Yeah. There's no point me trying to deal with, and, and I've, I've been there when somebody's having an anxiety attack. There's no point me just trying to lay hands on somebody who's having a, a schizophrenic yeah, episode, yes. yeah. lay hands on them and pray for yeah. them, rather than actually trying to actually just treat the physiological issue, and then maybe even going into the, to the mental health issue, and then being able to add yeah. into that the spiritual well-being of a person. I love it. That's, I was saying this to you earlier tonight. It's one of the things I love um, from working in the Catholic Church. It's when it comes to exorcisms and this whole mythology around p- priests doing exorcisms. But at the end of the day, their world is like when you go to a priest and say, this person is possessed by a demon. Yeah. The first thing that the average priest is going to say is, have you seen a psychologist about that? Yeah, have great. You, have you spoken to your doctor about that? Sure. And then when it works down the line and it is clear that this is not, this is not a thing of this world. That's when. Well, I also think that probably depends on the context. A majority of our listeners, I think, are in Australia, and so we do we do have some international listeners. Big shout out to you if you are an international listener. Yeah, uh, some weird <laughs> countries tune in. Uh, but if you're for in Australia, people have the opportunity to access those services. Yeah, not always possible in some parts of the world that I've been to. Sometimes. Your only option is a, a spiritual guide. Yeah. And I think if a spiritual guide is purely looking at it from a spirituality point of view and not actually learning how to counsel somebody through some mental health issues. And by the way, I, I, I agree with you that the, the wisdom and the knowledge that we have, a lot of it is a, is a real gift from God, whether mm. he's started somebody down a thought process or propelled somebody into an area or he's given full creative thought to somebody. So I think that when it comes to mental health, I think the thing that I wanted to sort of land on because we'd had this as a part of our conversation and the anxiety thing came up, if we just look at one area of these things, whether it be the physiological solution, the psychological solution or the spiritual solution, Mm. you're never going to bring about lasting change. Mm. If you say to somebody who's a drug addict, let me just pray for you, but go ahead and keep smoking drugs or go ahead and keep taking pills, injecting drugs, whatever whatever your medium is, You're never going to treat the issue. But that was even, um, I don't know, this is a very untamed thought that's just come into my mind, but that's the the nature of Jesus that we see is that um, when people encounter Jesus and he forgives them and then says, now go away and don't sin. Yeah. You know, like it's not... That's exactly right. That's a great way of thinking about it. It's not like he uh, walks into people's lives... And is like, well, I've been here now, so everything's perfect. Exactly You've right. You've met me now. It's all perfect now. Exactly right. You know the story of the, the, ten, the ten lepers that Jesus heals? Yeah. And only one of them actually comes back? I don't, yeah. even, I don't even know if that's necessarily a story of... Um, whether they were healed. Whether they were grateful or not. I think yeah. it was more just a story of going, hang on a minute, there's more to this staying healed mm. than just being healed. Mm. And I think there's a difference. Scott, you and I have worked, and you, you used to do a lot of work with, with youth and with young people. You've, you've worked in the, in the sector where, where there is people who are struggling with mental health. You can see somebody have victory in a certain area of their life. Mm. You can see somebody enter into recovery and then relapse mm. and go back and get even worse than they were. Isn't that, I don't know where you're at because you've been doing this consistently for so long. But I remember being a young youth worker 
and seeing somebody go on this journey of recovery and the excitement that comes with recovery and then overnight dropping it. Absolutely. And I remember the first time being like, no, this isn't how the story yeah, goes. Yeah, wait yeah, a second, yeah, yeah, wait yeah, a second. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. It's that, like I said, I think there's a difference between being healed and staying healed. And staying healed means that you continue to develop in every area of what makes you, you. Yeah. I, I, like I said, it, it really piqued my interest. And th- there's a lot of health, uh, there's a lot of thoughts I have around, you know, different mental health conditions and about um, the effectiveness of some of our treatments. Regardless of that, I, I fully respect the science, the research and the study that goes into how we treat the psychological, the physiological areas. I think what we are learning is how we can actually get industries to work together. I think for a long time, GPs looked at um, psychology as though it was some sort of out there weird, like don't get involved in that sort mm. of thing, practice. That's not real science. Yeah, right. Well, it's like... Okay, but now we're actually starting to get to the point where we're going, wait a minute, this stuff works. This stuff helps to the point where GPs will now refer someone to a mental health plan. What I want to see is that we as the church, we as Christians can be a part of somebody's recovery, not hinder that recovery by creating a separation from those two. That we can say, oh, you know what you need? You, you, You definitely need to be going and seeing a psychologist. But can I also recommend that you go and see someone who's going to help you on your spiritual health journey as well. Because that's equally as important. And and how do we create a space where you're a Christian and you've got friends that are struggling with this, that you mm. feel equipped, that you feel like you're resource, that you feel like you're capable of helping somebody through their mental health journey without feeling like you have to take the responsibility of healing them. Yeah. Just do what your bit is. Just do your bit. Stay in your lane. See, that's your, good. Your lane is to help them spiritually. You don't have to worry about treating the physiological issues. Send them to a doctor. You don't have to worry about taking, taking care of the psychology issues. Send them to a psych. Just help them develop spiritually. Just don't be absent. Stay where you need to stay. That's really good. I think the other beauty of um, mental health issues, and I said the beauty of mental health issues, which is a very careful statement. Mm. But I think in the depth of mental health issues, there's a reminder that we are more than just a physical being. Yeah. And I get it. I get that it's at the end of the day, it's all chemicals. But, man, there's we just... We were created with such complexity, yeah. which we always try and boil down to things like, oh, but that's how we furthered the species, and <laughs> that's how yeah, we yeah, made yeah, connection, yeah. and that's how we made sure babies didn't die, and that's how we made sure babies were made. At the end of the day, there is a complexity in our humanness that unfortunately leads to these issues. Yeah. But the fact that it's there is something else. I'm just excited to be in a time and an age where we are understanding the complexity and yeah. we're, we're being comfortable with it and we're, we're, we're not trying to um, simplify things and trying to be narrow-minded. You know, and I think that that's exciting to me that we are getting to – I don't want to use the word in age of enlightenment. Yeah. Uh, we're getting to an age where we're understanding, honouring and respecting the layers of what humanity is mm. and how we can treat those layers in humanity. Yeah, I like that. You know what? If Nick was here right now, he'd be like... He'd be roll, telling us roll, to wrap roll, up. Rolling his finger in the air yeah. going, wrap it up, boys. Yeah, he would. You know why? Because you don't know you weren't there. It's time. You don't know it's you time, weren't there. You don't know you weren't there. Have you got the? Did Nick take the tune with him camping? Oh, not the. He's taking the jingle. He's taking the opener. I finished it. We've he took we've it camping with him. It. What you won't believe is we've got oh an old. Oh my gosh! You know what? We've got an old Casio keyboard. Yeah. And Simeon's recorded it into the Casio, the Casio keyboard. keyboard, and Nick's taken the Casio. And you know what's probably happened? Mm. It's raining. Oh no! Do not suggest that the Casio's ruined. Do not suggest the Casio is I bet you it's ruined. I bet you. I mean, if I bet he's you saying that their tent is, is just, leaking, uh, 
That's the, the whole tune gone. I've got to start again. Not again. I've got to start again. Not again. I have to rewrite the music. I have to call the orchestra. I have to organise flights again. Lucky the Trans Tasman bubble's about to open. None of them are from New Zealand. Damn it. That's, yeah. What a nightmare. You don't know. You weren't there. Shirts still to come. Shirts are still to come. <laughs> get your orders in early. <laughs> I don't know how to order, but get them in early. If you work it if out. If you work out how to order them. You get a free shirt. Free shirt. <laughs> you don't know you weren't there. Uh, look, what it is, is we take a, a little bit of scripture. Beautiful bit of scripture. Mm. From the Bible. Yeah. And then we think, actually, if I was there, that would be very weird. Wouldn't it what? Um, this is... I have a lot of favourite scriptures. Um, there I is, feel like you use that term way too no, loosely. I'm going to put it out there. So I would say my favourite Old Testament Bible character is Solomon. My favourite New Testament Bible character is Paul. Uh, my favourite... Uh, scripture is Ephesians 3.20 and this is my actual, spiritually speaking, favourite story. Oh. Actually, nope. I take it back. Not all of it? Take it all back? No, I take just back. It's not my favourite, spiritually speaking. Mm. I think Esther might be now after we had our big chat about Esther yeah. when we did the, the story of Esther, when we pulled it apart. Oh, astonishing. This would be one of my favourite stories of the Bible. I think there is a depth and beauty in this story that cannot uh, be ignored. I'm looking forward to it. Hosea. <laughs> the man, the legend. Uh, so are we doing the whole book of Hosea? Is we are, but I'm going to highlight. Can you can you give me the scripture about to highlight so I can also look it up? Well, no, my- so... so Let's just let me summarize and then I'll tell you where we're actually highlighting. Okay. So, um, Hosea kicks off with God saying to Hosea, Go and marry a prostitute. Which, by the way, you'd want to test that word, wouldn't you? Well, but see, this is see, this is very interesting because or, or how quick do you reckon he was to be like, Okay, yeah. <laughs> I just, I think this is really interesting because whenever I say this line, which is regarded as very controversial, nowhere in the scripture does God ever tell somebody directly, you will marry that person, Mm. which is so controversial because anyone that's ever been around a church for more than five minutes has heard someone say, oh, God's just told me I've got to marry them. (laughs) But we just don't have evidence of God doing that. And people go, what about in Hosea? Mm. Well, God doesn't say, go and marry Jeanette the prostitute. God says, go and marry a prostitute open-ended. And so he does. Her name is Goma. Um, she becomes pregnant and gives Hosea a son. Um, and and it all goes very well. Now, this is a really important thing is that Hosea was a well-to-do man, um, a well-known man, a well-respected man. And then after they get married, after they have a son, one day Hosea wakes up and she's gone. Mm. And so this brings me to Hosea 3. Mm. And this is this is just such a bit of scripture. So Hosea marries this prostitute, mm. has babies with prostitute. The town would be like, Hosea, what have you done, mate? Yeah, like yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're... No offence, mate, but your wife's a whore. And that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Then she leaves him and goes back to prostitution. Mm. And Hosea would have woken up and realised she wasn't there, would have gone looking for her, then would have gone talking to his family and friends and the people in the town. Have you seen Goma? Have you seen Goma? Have you seen Goma? And everyone knows what's happened. And some of his friends would have been like, oh, mate, like, oh, what are we? And then... God says, go find her. Yeah. Go get her. Mm. Go marry her again. Go recommit to her. And he goes in Hosea 3.2, I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver 
and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. Hmm. Hosea goes to the part of town that men like Hosea don't go to, Mm. don't get seen in. Mm. And given our understanding of the context of the time of this story, she was probably being auctioned off. Mm. His wife, the mother of his child, was probably being auctioned off and he pays for her. Come on. I recommit to you. Mm. Do this again. Mm. Just, I think, of all the times we've heard God speak and we didn't want to hear God speak. Mm. Go get her, Hosea. Go Mm. find her. Bring her home. Bring her back into your home to mother your child, to be your wife. Mm. Hmm. I love this story so much. But in the spirit of, after I've led you to this beautiful place, in the spirit of, you don't know you were there, Imagine God instructing you to marry a prostitute. She runs away back to prostitution. No. No. And then he says, go marry her. No, again. no. What's worse about that? Scott, do your best impression. I'll be your dad, as per usual. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to explain to me what God's just told you and convince me that I should listen to you. Go. Dad, we're good God-fearing men. Yes, son. Love the Lord. Yes, son. With all your heart. Yes, son. Um, actually, he spoke to me recently. Gave me a message. Wow, my son. You know, there's been a lot of people who've said that I'll be a messenger for God. You know that. That's who I am. Um, some have said that. Yeah. So, he's <laughs> um, told me I've got to get married. Yes. Carry on the family name. Even yes, said I've got to have a kid. Yes, and let us find have you a, a good woman of honour. In fact, I've seen a woman from the tribe of Dan that I think would be <laughs> wonderful for you, son. Uh, that's really good. I do. But God's actually told me where I should go looking for a wife, and it's not in the tribe of Dan. Oh, which tribe, son? Obviously, a woman of the, tri- of the people of Israel. Um. Well, surprise. Yes, son. Not. What? She's, what? She's, she's got a job done. Son, please, not a foreigner. Son, no, no not no. a foreigner. I don't think in the context of this story a foreigner. <laughs> who, 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 son? Who? She's good. She's got a job. Pays the bills. Okay, good. Okay. Well, yes. You know. Where, where, son? Um, that way. Son, you're pointing to the red light district. <laughs> Um, I don't know what red lights are. <laughs> I know of flames and of the sun. Yeah. Uh, but uh, sure, that's what we can call it. So anyway, God told me I've got to marry a prostitute. I actually have to go son! get that done. Then. No! <laughs> Seriously. How do you tell your dad that the Lord told you to marry a prostitute and still look him in the eye? How much, as a father, how much faith do you have in your daughter's ability to hear the voice of God? Yeah, sure, like a lot. But if they were like, hey, Dad, the Lord told me to marry a male stripper, I'd be like, did he now? Yeah. Did he now? Because, okay, so you told me, um, we don't need to use names, but you told me one of your daughters last week, the exact words you used were, She's actually just got an amazing amount of wisdom. Yeah, that's true. In 10 years, she comes to you and says, he's an outlaw motorcycle gang gang chapter leader. But God's made it really clear. I don't know how much of a relationship Hosea had with his parents after this. (laughs) (laughs) It is a heck of a story. I was actually looking up how much the 30 pieces of silver weighed to see if it would be similar to the 15 shekels of silver because shekel was a unit of measurement. So it weighed about 170 grams, 30 doesn't lie. Anyway, either way, who do you relate to the most in this story? Um, I. Who do you reckon you would relate to the most? I feel, uh, that's actually interesting because I feel empathy for Hosea. Like I feel a deep degree of empathy. Um, But I definitely 
can relate to because I think we really blank face Goma in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. she's got no thoughts of her own. He's just dragging her back. But the shame that she must have felt. I'm 100% Goma. Yeah. yeah like I'm, I 100% relate to that. Oh, yeah, 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 I know, but I've ruined everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm Goma. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, God rescues me. He saves me. I end up messing up, falling into sin. This is my life story. He saves me again. I do the same again. He saves me again. I do the same again. This is the story of Israel. This is the story of the church. This is the story of you and me. We are Goma in this story. This is a messianic. And Hosea is like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's so it's, it's pointing point. to Jesus, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hosea is like Jesus and the, and the people of Israel are like Goma. That's what it talks about. But like, I'm like Goma. That's the thing. I think it's easy to read these and try and picture yourself and be like, you know, we've got to go for the Lord. You are Goma in this story. You are that person who, like like a prostitute returning back to her work. You prostitute yourself to other gods. You prostitute yourself to the things of this world. You prostitute yourself to the, the desires of this world. Instead of chasing the things of God, we get caught up chasing the things of this world. Man, do you know how hard it is to get Christians active in the West right now? Mm-hmm. You've got you to gotta feed them, entertain them, send them home and hope. Hope! That they'll just hopefully catch a, a glimmer of something that they'll yeah. start to activate within their lives. Man, we are like a prostitute who goes and just tries to serve the things that are around us. We become so selfish. And yeah. you're right. There is an emotional sense of how do we know that Goma at some point didn't go, I am not good enough for this man. The best thing for me to do, he'll be better off without me. 100%. He'll be better off as a yeah. single dad than with someone like yeah. me. Well, imagine what her self-worth is yeah. would have been like. Bro, as a pastor, honestly, 99.9% of the women that I've ever seen within our church have had issues with self-esteem. And full stop. Most women really struggle with low self-esteem. They have this, oh, I'm not tall enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not you know, this enough, I'm not that enough. I'm not. Imagine what Goma would have felt. Yeah. I'm not a good enough wife. I'm not a good enough mother. Imagine family meals and gatherings and being around Hosea's family. Mm. They all knew who she was. She's not that clean cut, is it? Like The yeah. emotion behind this, Goma's life would have been tough. It would have been hard because even if the family fully loved and embraced her, she still would have had in the back of her mind, I don't really belong here. And to be honest with you, have you ever had that thought as a Christian? Yeah, 100%. And so when you have those thoughts as a Christian, how easy is it to fall back into old sins? How easy is it to fall back into old habits? Real talk. Totally, because, well, that's who I actually am. Yeah. This is an act and everyone's going to catch on. Imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we feel like we're imposters. She would have felt like she was an imposter. The thought... That Hosea as a prophetic image of who Jesus is would go and purchase her back. And the thought that God would do that for us, that like that reality that we were purchased back with the blood of Christ mm. as an image and as his picture because God loves us that much. Mm. That like to me, he doesn't wait to wear repentant to then come home. No, she doesn't come knocking on his door. Like he goes to the filthy neighborhood. Yeah. He goes to the brothel. While she's in the middle of her work. Bro, he goes to the pimp. Yeah. And's like, oi, let me buy my wife back. That's where God intervenes in our life. He jumps in the middle of our and he says let me buy you back let me pay the price that you should pay right now and sure we're going to have some mental health scarring to restore and heal and that's going to take some time sure there's some physical healing that needs to take place and that's going to take time sure there's some spiritual and emotional healing that's going to take time but I'll still buy you back and then I'll start the restored relationship with you. God didn't wait and Hosea didn't wait for relationship to be restored before he bought her back. He bought her back at full price 
to restore her and bring her home, then restored relationship with her. Mm. That's God with us. Mm. Dude, that's messed up. Mm. Like, we literally don't deserve that. But it's too late because that's where we are. Yeah. How's that for a prophetic picture? Yeah. Still wouldn't want to tell. By the way, let's replay the scenario again. Okay. This time I'll be a Jose, you can be dad. Okay. Okay. Hey, dad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you, you know my wife, Goma. Yes. You haven't seen her, have you? Wouldn't she be caring for your son? No. It's all good, Dad. But uh, word in the town is she's gone back. Well, that's what you get. Hosea, we told you this at the time. So why don't we find you a lovely, respectable woman from the tribe of Dan and let's just wait, wait, get hang over on, this. Hang on. Message coming through. It's the Lord, Dad. Give me a minute. You have one. New message. <laughs> Go and buy back your... Hey, Dad. Yes. You're not going to believe what the Lord just said. That he's found you a lovely woman in the tribe of Dan. <laughs> um, kind of. What he said was to get 15 pieces of silver and a couple of other things, go into town to buy my wife back. How many I'll be back, times? Dad. Imagine having to tell your parents that you're going to buy your wife back from a brothel. Yeah. I mean, we're married. Yeah. I want you to picture your father-in-law right now and having that conversation with him. Yeah. Yeah. How's he feeling? <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Man, messed up, eh? As, a, as like a note. That's, that's an even other thought. How did she end up in that situation in the first place? Was she cho- yeah. sold as like a... Yeah. Prostitute from a young age. Something tells me she's not got great mental health. Yeah. Um. But but how do these like messianic prophecies, like the Book of Hosea, do they just like like is Hosea aware of the weight of what his life represents? Well, Hosea too sort of suggests that it is mm. because it sort of has this whole description and explanation of what it's all about. But still, like. You're talking hundreds of years before Jesus. And that, but that's like that's what, it, what it's what like. You, these it's what do you like these like Hosea's conversation with God when he gets to heaven was. Oh, thanks for that, mate. <laughs> was that really you? <laughs> Is that some? Um, I mean, what did Jonah do? Spend some time in a whale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that looks hard. All Adam had to do was not listen to that woman. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. David. How good did he have it? If you... Oh, this is a weird tangent now. If you're a Bible character from any part of your Old Testament and there's a group of you, you have dinner every Sunday, the people who appeared in the Bible, you get together every Sunday up in heaven. Yeah, 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 yeah. The debate's going to rage... Poker. Friday night poker. 100%. The debate is going to rage every time they're around the table. But who... Manages to convince everyone they had it worse. <laughs> Who wins with the I had it worse? Not Solomon. No. no. Everyone's Although like, he definitely, they were definitely like. You know. Oh, okay. So imagine Solomon trying to convince everyone about how hard his life was as he's like, as everyone's did like, you, shut up, you Solomon. See, we know you're the richest you man see, who had all of God's Yeah, but wisdom. did you see how I died? Yeah. Uh, what, okay, mate. You, that's like literally, let's just review. Richest man, everyone loved you. Had you're just gonna have to wait. One of the girls is going by. <laughs> I'll check back in. So Solomon's probably got. It, it is best. honestly like it is honestly like being around a billionaire who's complaining about yeah, how yeah. hard the economic downturn yeah. is, saying, "Yeah, I, I lost ten million dollars," yeah. while someone is like, "I lost everything." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've ne- I can't earn $10 million in my life and you lost $10 million. Solomon does not get a seat at that table. He walks in, he's like, why didn't you guys invite me this Friday night? <laughs> oh, you didn't, you didn't get a message. Um, uh, Peter, was just, that you? <laughs> just quickly, um, Lord, tell me more about Sodom. <laughs> 
Before I get out of here, just give me a give oh, me a heads up. And then Joe walks in. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, whatever. Joe, shut up. You're in. Like, He's like <laughs> still arguing with God, though. Like, why? Why did you do this to me? <laughs> Solomon yeah. turns around and is like, because everything is meaningless, right? <laughs> right, some good stuff. Imagine having all of the wisdom of God, right? Yeah. And then having it all taken away. Yeah. Because apparently... So there you go. That's what, that's what... Ecclesiastes was written when the wisdom of God was taken away from him. But Ecclesiastes is not an inherently not wise sure. book. Sure. Like there's there's wisdom there's in some that wisdom that in today. It. There's some wisdom in it. It doesn't mean he was absent of wisdom at all. Uh, he was absent of God's wisdom. Yeah, the spirit of God was like not present in him anymore because he bowed his knee to other gods. So imagine imagine honestly though, bro, like imagine having all of God's presence on your life in that way. Yeah. And then your eye gets caught by a couple of Yeah. A couple of hundred close on a thousand women. Yeah. And so you lose a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you get a bit distracted. And imagine living without it. Yeah. Knowing, knowing what it was like. Yeah. Um, side note, yeah. at a party, David is the guy that gets a guitar and sits in the corner to try and get girls oh, to come and listen to it. Definitely. Him. I can play Oasis Wonderwall. <laughs> He's that guy who like... Sees the guitar in the corner, picks it up, and he's, he's just like he starts tuning it. And you're like, "Oh yeah, I haven't tuned it in a while. I haven't played it in a while." And he's like, "Oh, that's all right. Can you play? Oh, like a little bit." And he starts playing, and everyone just is just like, "Yes, oh, shut up, <laughs> like you literally hide the guitar before. Hey, bro, have you? Uh, where's your guitar? Where's your guitar? Oh, I, I don't know where it's been oh, put. It's not in tune. It's right. I've got a I've got a thing to tune it on my phone. Um, <laughs> We we've just been. I actually, actually don't need a guitar. You got an elastic band. I can oh. I can just play an elastic band. And he's got a long. He's got one long thumbnail. <laughs> um, we're going through um, David's story and um, Solomon's story. Yeah. Right now in our Bible, Bible reading plan, um, I I find it strikingly interesting how there's such an important lesson about how sexual immorality. Can like has almost like historically sure. been the biggest downfall, particularly yeah. of male leaders or males in prominent positions of power. Full circle to Hosea. Imagine then Hosea's status in society too. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Respectable, honourable man, prophet, man of God. Boom. Go marry a prostitute. Yeah. Wow. I just love. With the story of David, there's just this edge of like how no one can ever be like, I'm now too sinful to be accepted by God with my mm. sexual immorality. Mm. Like until you kill one of your friends mm. to sleep with their wife, mm. you've not done as badly as David. There are some people who've <laughs> <I'm just laughs> done mean, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, going, like I said, going full circle, thinking about the Ignatius thinking again. Mm. You're a senior pastor. Mm. young adult pastor who's single mm. has just come to you said, I feel like the Lord's speaking to me, mm. telling me to go marry this prostitute. Mm. What do you say as the pastor? You know, man, I um, – that's interesting. Like, what's going on? Like, what do you <laughs> – how do you know prostitutes? But see, even that is just so – I don't know. Like it's it's going back to what you were saying before about where we're at with Western Christianity, is like this idea of like how do you know a pro- you shouldn't be hanging out with a prostitute? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let alone marrying one. Would you, as a senior pastor, still let your young adult pastor be a young adult pastor if they married a prostitute? And would you still let them be your young adult's pastor slash now maybe family's pastor because it's years later they got kids? If your former prostitute wife had gone back to be a prostitute and they were like, no problem, I'm going to go buy her back. Jeez, we just don't have faith in God, do we? <laughs> we just don't have faith in what God's doing in other people's lives, do we? I think we know the answer right there is you don't know. You weren't yeah. there. 
Uh, I no. Maybe, I would want to say maybe we should change the end of this one. Is we couldn't because thank God we, we weren't there. there. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I don't we know how we Nick's wrap up. words of wisdom. If Nick was here, he'd quote some random person from a random book. Yeah, and it'd amazingly tie in. And amazingly, yeah, wrap it all up, and we'd be sitting there and all going, "Gee, Nick, that's good." <sighs> anyway. It's an episode of Lunch Out Loud, which is definitely worth checking out. About is this the conspiracy theory one? Yeah, there's, so there's one about conspiracy theories, and uh, there's a couple up that I've just put up. Okay. We ran a bit behind, but you can track back. And i got a couple more that's going up this week, as well as our Sunday messages. Three Deep back next week as well. We're going to try and get some special stuff up as well. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening uh, and like us on Facebook and Instagram. Simo Hoffman, have a great week. Bye. And don't forget to spread the word.